0: Welcome to Set Free Twenty Four Seven. My name is Robert, and I am so glad that you're here. Welcome, Heidi. Hi,
1: I'm glad to be back. With I you, mean, so
0: you know, you are kind of my person,
1: and you're my person. Oh,
0: so now that we're through that feel good moment,
1: <laughs> everybody's <laughs> applauding. So
0: we are here reading through the Bible in one year, and we are so glad that you're here with us. And we're reading through the Bible in the Message Version, which. For a lot of people gives them a fresh set of eyes on the text that they may have heard over and over or if you're brand new to the bible this is just a paraphrase of the bible it's going to sound different than anything else that you may have heard but it does bring a richness and a meaning to some of the Mm texts that we
1: oh absolutely i've I've absolutely loved getting into the message this way
0: As always, the text that we're reading will be down in the comments if you would like to follow along in your favorite translation. But she's going to go ahead and start today, and it's uh, chapter 4 in Matthew, verse 12 through
1: 17. All right, let's go. This one is labeled teaching and healing, two things I really like. When Jesus got word that John had been arrested, he returned to Galilee. He moved from his hometown, Nazareth, to the lakeside village, Capernaum, nestled at the base of the Zebulun and Naphtali hills. This move completed Isaiah's revelation. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, road to the sea over Jordan, Galilee, crossroads for the nations, people sitting out their lives. In the dark saw a huge light, sitting in that dark, dark country of death they watched the sun come up. This Isaiah prophesied revelation came to life in Galilee the moment Jesus started preaching. He picked up where John left off. Change your life, God's kingdom is here. Walking along the beach of Lake Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon later called Peter and Andrew. I'm gonna stop there just for a second. Mm -hmm. Just as an example of why I love this message version, It says, walking along the beach of Lake Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers and immediately, your mind goes to a time when I just walked along the beach, whether maybe your toes were in the water or you feel the sand under your feet, but that's what he was doing. Yeah. And he's approaching these two men who were there fishing. And you can picture this and it's just, I don't know. All right, so he saw the two brothers, Simon and Andrew, they were fishing, throwing their nets into the lake. It was their regular work jesus said to them come with me i'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you i'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass they didn't ask questions but simply dropped their nets and flowed Mm. that's astonishing to me how many of us are willing to do that
0: like if some guy just showed up at my work today and said yeah come follow me
1: yes but doesn't they speak volumes of Absolutely. jesus because they said in appearance he was nothing that stood out he just blended in with any other person but there was something about him that just
0: pulled you and
1: drew people yeah. in a short distance down the beach they came upon another pair of brothers james and john zebedee's sons these two were sitting in a boat with their father zebedee mending their fish nets Jesus made the same offer to them, and they were just as quick to follow, abandoning boat and Father.
0: I can imagine he at this point was like, yo, I've got nets to mend here. Like, what are you doing? Yeah,
1: he's not a young...
0: Naughty boy, and get your butt back I in know. the boat.
1: They were grown men.
0: I know, yeah, I know.
1: Grown men, so that meant he was an old man that got ditched in his boat to mend the fishnet so yeah. they could continue to survive. You got this, Dad. Bye, Dad. From there, he went all over Galilee. He used synagogues for meeting places and taught people the truth of God. Ooh, he used the synagogues where all well, the educators went and,
0: and told taught people truth.
1: how they worship. Yeah, Jesus brought the truth there. God's kingdom was his theme. The beginning, right now, they that beginning, right now, they were under God's government, a good government. He also healed people of their diseases and of the bad effects of their bad lives. Word got around the entire Roman province of Syria. People brought anybody with a sickness, whether mental, emotional, or physical. Jesus healed them, one and all. More and more people came, the momentum gathering. Besides those from Galilee, crowds came from the ten towns across the lake. Others up from Jerusalem and Judea, still others from across the Jordan. It's amazing. See now I can't, man. To be an Old Testament, I, but this is in that in between. Mm. To be there in that time would have been.
0: And now I'm going to pick up in Acts, yes. and we are reading Acts chapter five, verse one through sixteen. But a man named Ananias, his wife Sapphira, conniving in this with him, sold a piece of land, secretly kept part of the price for himself, and then brought the rest to the apostles and made an offering of it. Peter said, Ananias, how did Satan get you to lie to the Holy Spirit and secretly keep back part of the price of the field? Before you sold it, it was all yours, and after you sold it the money was yours to do with as you wished so what got you to pull a trick like this you didn't lie to men but to god ananias when he heard those words fell down dead that put the fear of god into everyone who heard of it the younger men went right to work and wrapped him up and then carried him out and buried him No more than three hours later, his wife, knowing nothing of what had happened, came in. Peter said, tell me, were you given this price for your field? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter responded, what's going on here that you connived to conspire against the spirit of the master? The men who buried your husband are at the door and you're next. No sooner were the words out of his mouth then she also fell down dead when the young men returned they found her body they carried her out and buried her beside her husband by this time the whole church and in fact everyone who had heard of these things had a healthy respect for god they knew god was not to be trifled with through the work of the apostles many god signs were set up among the people many wonderful things were done They all met regularly and in remarkable harmony on the temple porch named after Solomon. But even though people admired them a lot, outsiders were wary about joining them. On the other hand, those who put their trust in the master were added right and left, men and women both. They even carried the sick into the streets and laid them on stretchers and bedrolls, hoping that they would be touched by Peter's shadow when he walked by. They came from the villages surrounding Jerusalem, throngs of them bringing the sick and bedeviled, and they were all healed. Now there is a pause moment in here, and it has to do with the beginning part with Ananias and Sapphira. I'm
1: interested because I just listened to Lisa Harper talk about this, so I have some thoughts I'm excited to share.
0: So hypocrisy, it says, this is the first jarring note in the narration of the history of the church in Acts. Until now it's been an action-packed heroic history, there's been opposition, but it's been opposition from without, the wicked against the good. But the Ananias and Sapphira incident takes place within the church. To us, this couple's sin might not seem so terribly bad, so why is it viewed with such seriousness here? simply because it was a fundamental defiance of the ways of God in the church. Ananias and Sapphira didn't lie to men, but to God. In the church, it's not the sin that we need to fear, for God has already dealt with that. It's not wickedness and scandal, for the church has survived that. It's the lie of Ananias of which we need warning, appearing to have an external righteousness that we don't possess internally which is nothing other than hypocrisy
1: what i find interesting about this after listening to lisa harper she said that this is such a familiar story and our assumption is they dropped dead cast away from god and there they went but she said think of all the other people in the bible think of peter he didn't think god over and over and over did he go to hell? No, he did Look at Adam and Eve. They did the one thing they were told not to do. They were punished. They were banished from sure. this perfect and beautiful place. David was a rapist and a murderer. Sure. And Solomon, the wisest man in all the world, but he's got a pretty colorful and awful past too. Yes. Ananias and Sapphira were likely, yes, they were used as an example. And the penalty was really, really, really harsh. But she goes... Why do we assume that meant that they went to hell?
0: Hmm. Why
1: would we think that? She goes, you know, Moses striking the rock out of anger and yeah. his severe punishment for that, but he didn't mean he went to hell, right? The church needed this example of the seriousness of this, but she goes, don't assume that God's good love and grace didn't apply to them too, that they didn't drop dead on earth but woke up with him. Sure. In full realization of what he's done for them. Yeah. And I loved the take on it. We do. in it. So good. Yeah, it is so good.
0: So now we're at Psalm number eight. We're rewinding back to the Old Testament.
1: Chapter eight, David Psalm. God, brilliant Lord, yours is a household name. Nursing infants gurgle choruses about you. Toddlers shout the songs that drown out enemy to in silence, atheist babble. I look up at your macro skies, dark and enormous, your handmade sky jewelry. What a beautiful photo. Moon and stars mounted in their setting. Then I look at my micro self and wonder, why do you bother with us? Why take a second look our way? Yet we've so narrowly missed being gods, bright with Eden's dawn light. You put us in charge of your handcrafted world, repeated to us your genesis charge, made us stewards of sheep and cattle, even animals out in the wild, birds flying and fish swimming, whales singing in the ocean deeps. God, brilliant Lord, your name echoes around the world. That is beautiful.
0: It is a beautiful song. I love how the message version (laughs) just brings a different language and feel to the Psalms. I mean it, I, it is beautiful.
1: How often have we stood outside the front door of our house in the darkness of the night and just looked up? I mean we live out in the country. There's no ambient light in the stars
0: are beautiful.
1: It's just it's spectacular. And also in that gross day, I immediately thought of that. Yeah. And I did feel so tiny. But we are so loved. We're the tiny little thing that God loved that much. Amazing stuff.
0: So going all the way back now to Genesis, and we are reading chapter 21 through 23 today. Chapter 21. God visited Sarah exactly as he said he would. God did to Sarah what he promised. Sarah became pregnant and gave Abraham a son in his old age. And at the very time God had set... Abraham named him Isaac. When his son was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him just as God had commanded. Abraham was a 100 years old when his son Isaac was born. Sarah said, God has blessed me with laughter and all who get the news will laugh with me. She also said, whoever would have suggested to Abraham that Sarah would one day nurse a baby, yet here I am, I've given the old man a son. I love it.
1: I know. there's (laughs) still… I've given the old
0: man a son. The baby grew and was weaned. Abraham threw a big party on the day Isaac was weaned. One day Sarah saw the son that Hagar the Egyptian had borne to Abraham, poking fun at her son Isaac. She told Abraham, get rid of this slave woman and her son. No child of this slave is going to share the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter gave great pain to Abraham, after all, Ishmael was his son. But God spoke to Abraham, Don't feel badly about the boy and your maid. Do whatever Sarah tells you. Your descendants will come through Isaac. Regarding your maid's son, be assured that I'll also develop a great nation from him. He's your son too. Abraham got up early the next morning, got some food together and a canteen of water for Hagar and put them on her back and sent her away with the child. She wandered off into the desert of Beersheba. When the water was gone, she left the child under a shrub and went off 50 yards or so. She said, I can't watch my son die. As she sat, she broke into sobs. Meanwhile, God heard the boy crying. The angel of God called from heaven to Hagar. What's wrong, Hagar? Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy and knows the fix that he's in. Up now, go get the boy, hold him tight. I'm going to make of him a great nation. Just then God opened her eyes. She looked, she saw a well of water. She went to it and filled her canteen and gave the boy a long, cool drink. God was on the boy's side as he grew up. He lived out in the desert and he became a skilled archer. He lived in the Paran wilderness, and his mother got him a wife from Egypt. At about that same time, Abimelech and the captain of his troops, Phicol, spoke to Abraham, No matter what you do, God is on your side. So swear to me that you won't do anything underhanded to me or any of my family. For as long as you live here, swear that you'll treat me and my land as well as I have treated you. Abraham said, I swear it. At the same time, Abraham confronted Abimelech over the matter of a well of water that Abimelech's servants had taken. Abimelech said, I have no idea who did this. You never told me about it. This is the first that I've heard of it. So the two of them made a covenant. Abraham took sheep and cattle and gave them to Abimelech and Abraham set aside seven sheep from his flock. He said, what does this mean? These seven sheep that you've set aside, Abraham said, it means that when you accept these seven sheep, that you will take it as proof that I dug this well, that it's my well. And that's how the place got named Beersheba, the Oath Well, because the two of them swore a covenant oath here. After they had made the covenant at Beersheba, Abimelech and his commander Phekal left and went back to the Philistine territory. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and worshipped God there, praying to the eternal God. Abraham lived in the Philistine country for a long time. Chapter 22 After all this, God tested Abraham. God said, Abraham. Yes, answered Abraham, I'm listening. He said, Take your dear son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I'll point out to you. Abraham got up early in the morning and saddled his donkey. He took two of his young servants and his son Isaac. He had split wood for the burnt offering. He set out for the place that God had directed him. On the third day, he looked up and saw the place in the distance. Abraham told his two young servants, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I are going over there to worship, and then we'll come back to you." Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and gave it to Isaac, his son, to carry. He carried the flint and the knife, the two of them went off together. Isaac said to Abraham, his father, "'Father?' "'Yes, my son. We have flint and wood, but where's the sheep for the burnt offering?' Abraham said son God will see to it that there's a sheep for the burnt offering and they kept on walking together they arrived at the place to which God had directed him Abraham built an altar he laid out the wood and then he tied up Isaac and laid him on the wood Abraham reached out and took the knife to kill his son just then an angel of God called to him out of heaven Abraham Abraham Yes, I'm listening. Don't lay another hand on that boy. Don't touch him. Now I know how fearlessly you fear God and you didn't hesitate to place your son, your dear son on the altar for me. Abraham looked up and he saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. Abraham took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham named the place God Yaira, God sees to it. And that's where we get the saying, on the mountain of God, he sees to it. The angel of God spoke from heaven a second time to Abraham. I swear, God's sure word, because you have gone through with this and have not refused to give me your son, your dear, dear son, I will bless you. Oh, how I will bless you. And I'll make sure that your children flourish like stars in the sky, like sand on the beaches, and your descendants will defeat their enemies. All nations on earth will find themselves blessed through your descendants because you obeyed me. Then Abraham went back to his young servants. They got things together and returned to Beersheba. Abraham settled down in Beersheba. And after all of this, Abraham got the news. Your brother Nahor is a father. Milcah has given him children, Uz his firstborn, his brother Buzz, Chemuel he was the father of Aram, Kised, Hazo, Pildash, Jitlof, and Bethuel, Bethuel was the father of Rebekah. Milcah gave these eight sons to Nahor, Abraham's brother. His concubine Rema gave him four more children, Teba, Gaham, Tahash, and Mekah chapter 23. Sarah lived 127 years. Sarah died in Kiriath Arba, present-day Hebron in the land of Canaan. Abraham mourned for Sarah and wept. Then Abraham got up from mourning his dead wife and spoke to the Hittites. I know I'm only an outsider here among you, but sell me a burial plot so that I can bury my dead decently. The Hittites responded, Why, you're no more than a mere outsider here with us, but you're a prince of God. Bury your dead wife in the best of our burial sites. None of us will refuse you a place for burial. Then Abraham got up, bowed respectfully to the people of the land of the Hittites and said, If you are serious about helping me give my wife a proper burial, intercede for me with Ephron son of Zohar Ask him to sell me the cave of Machfilah that he owns, the one at the end of his land. Ask him to sell it to me at its full price for a burial plot with you as a witness. Ephron was part of the local Hittite community. Then Ephron the Hittite spoke up, answering Abraham with all of the Hittites who were part of the town council listening. Oh no, my master, I could not do that. The field is yours, a gift. I'll give it and the cave to you. With my people as a witness, I give it to you. Bury your deceased wife. Abraham bowed respectfully before the assembled council and answered Ephron, please allow me. I want to pay the price of the land. Take my money so that I can go ahead and bury my wife. Then Ephron answered Abraham, if you insist master, what's 400 silver shekels between us? Now go ahead and bury your wife." Abraham accepted Ephron's offer and paid out the sum that Ephron had named before the town council of Hittites, 400 silver shekels at the current exchange rate. That's how Ephron's field next to Mamre, the field, its cave, and all the trees within its borders became Abraham's property. The town council of Hittites witnessed the transaction. Abraham then proceeded to bury his wife Sarah in the cave in the field of Machpelah that is next to Mamre, present-day Hebron, in the land of Canaan. The field and its cave went from the Hittites into Abraham's possession as a burial plot.
1: So one of my most favorite examples of faith and trust and belief in God's promises is in this Mm. that you just read. And it's literally, read that quote right here.
0: Abraham told his two young servants, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I are going over there to worship. Then we will come back to you.
1: That one word, will.
0: Yes, means, I noticed that too when I oh, when I read it. I was like, he knows. He's coming down, back with his he's son. He's coming back with his son. Yeah.
1: He doesn't yes. know what. He doesn't know how that's going to happen. But he literally said, stay here and we will come back as he took this precious, precious, precious child of his Mm -hmm. and who I can't even comprehend what was going through his mind. I'm not going to try because I don't understand all of this. But that sentence and what this is in here for is to show us God is worthy of your trust in belief in his promises he told Abraham through this son this one I will make many nations yeah he blessed the other but it was through this son Abraham knew that and he believed it
0: yes to the end yeah well, friends, that is the end of our Bible reading today. We appreciate you joining along so much. Please give this episode a like, a share, a comment, Please. a follow. We're just in the middle of growing this channel, <laughs> and we appreciate your support in that way. It helps us just keep on putting positive messages out in the Absolutely. Airwaves. So thanks again for joining with us. We're going to see you here tomorrow for day number nine. Yeah,
1: the Bible is boring.
0: It is not boring. <laughs> We will see you tomorrow.
1: Bye!